Well, how are you doing? Hello, how are you doing? Um, you're very welcome along to Heartlines. Uh, this is episode 12 and this is Shane. Now, I took a week off last week and I promise I'll be back with a very special guest or an, another brand new episode and I hope I haven't disappointed here. Now, I have a very special friend from Ships. He's actually a former cruise director and a man of many talents. Please welcome to the stage, Alex. Well, hello, Alex. What's up, Shane, my man? How you doing? All good, man. So where are you from, Alex? Tell the listeners where you're from. Uh, born and raised in California, California. Uh, but I've been pretty much everywhere that you could possibly think of. Okay, so what, you've lived most of your, most of your formative years in California? Yeah, so I grew up um, from birth until about 22. I was uh, in California, did, the, you know, did all my normal stuff in California, and then yeah. uh, went on to cruise ships and stuff. And then, but yeah, California's been my place yeah. of residence. So you're from what part of California? Where do you reside? Whereabouts in California? So it's Northern California. So anytime that I'm introducing myself to somebody new, I always say San Francisco. Okay. But if people actually know California, yeah. then it's a little bit north. I live in a little town called Chico. That's C-H-I-C-O. C-H-I-C-O. Okay. And anyone famous you want to, apart from you, of course, from uh, Chico, California? Actually, yes, we are known for uh, for two main things. First of all, um, for all the beer drinkers out there, Sierra Nevada, yep, but um, it's a little green label, but Sierra Nevada, very famous um, uh, microbrew, I guess, and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's from Chico, so it's, it's born and raised in Chico as well, and then also cool. to all the football fans, Aaron Rodgers, and that's American football, not yeah. international football, where you actually use your feet. Our football, uh, Aaron Rodgers... Um, is the quarterback for uh, Green Bay Packers. Cool. Okay. Very good. Good to know. Whenever a pub quiz pops up, I'll, I'll have the answer in my in my pocket. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know about those pub quizzes. Yeah, I know. A sport, I, I know a bit about sports. I know you're a hockey fan, Alex. Who's your team, your hockey team? Yeah, actually, yeah I am. Um, San Jose Sharks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're famous for never winning. It's great. <laughs> it's yeah, although they'll be like the number one team throughout the whole season, and then uh, and then just can't can't close it out. Did, did did you know I'm a hockey fan as well? No, I didn't. There I am. Can you do, 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 do you want to make a stab or a guess at what team I support? I don't know, man. That would be. I would say, are you like a Pittsburgh Penguins? No, no. I was to say Crosby fan. Well, who Mid- are you? Midwest, Midwest love all the way. Have a guess, Midwest. Dude, I can't even. I don't know. Go for it. Give me. Give Give it to me. The St. Louis Blues, Stanley Cup champions, baby. Blues, bro. Blue notes, yeah. I would have never have guessed that. Yeah, we we we've uh, we've done the dance a few times against San Jose Sharks. You know, I'm sure you've yeah. beaten us. We've beaten you. Yeah. You guys are always the bigger team. Uh, yeah. Well, it took us fifty. Well, the best part of sixty years to win a championship. So everyone has their day. Maybe it's coming for San Jose. Who knows? So what? Why? Why the Blues? Well, how long have you been a fan? Well, actually, years ago, 2000 and uh, what was it, 2011, I think it was, I met a friend from St. Louis and I went over to St. Louis, Missouri, and I actually went to see St. Louis play. So that was, that was one of my love for hockey and St. Louis kind of grew. So that's I, I've, I've said this before, like a lot of people love, you know, live sporting events and yeah. you know, like watching it on TV and stuff, but there's nothing better. There's no sporting event that's been better that I've been to was a live hockey game. Yeah. It's so much energy in those arenas. It's so, so cool. 
Yeah, no, it is. It's a very honest sport as well. I remember you said that to me, like, with other sports, you might have a lot of money in the, in the game, but there's a lot of honesty, as you said, like Sidney Crosby, you know, Wayne Gretzky, like, these are all kind of icons of the sport, yeah. you know? Yeah, and they, they um, yeah, I feel like they're in it to, they're in it to win it, you know, they want to, exactly, yeah. you know, they're, they're able to fight, they're able yeah. to just get down and dirty, they'll come out yeah. with broken teeth and they'll go to the game. <laughs> you know, a, lot, a lot of other people in different sports that just like, t- they fake injuries to get, yeah. you know, calls and all that so yeah hockey in my opinion is the last remaining like ethical sport for okay, everybody yeah as i mentioned you were a cruise director and uh, you were my boss for a while so i, I I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna talk you up and i'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot you down as well because uh, now i'm a joke that's the best way to do it ah <laughs> uh, no i'm kidding me honestly before i went on on ships i used to work in many jobs like retail and i worked like in like hospitality what did you do before ships how did you end up on ships did you work in uh, like hospitality or did you work in like some sort of entertainment position before ships how did you end up on ships um that's kind of it's a, it's a little bit of a long story but i'll give it to you short um yeah, okay, yeah. so i mean we, we all we all grow up with like those those crappy little jobs you know that you kind of just need to do in order to familiarize yourself with the workplace yeah. and all that yeah. so my very first job was um picking up golf balls from a driving range I actually had to physically hand pick them up with like this little ball picker upper dude. Um, that which would take me hours to pick up these balls and it was terrible. I also was a, um, a checker and a bagger at a grocery store. Um, got a lot of business savvy and stuff, you know, and a lot of mm. customer service and speaking to people, helping people out. Um, and then I went into, uh, I worked for a catering company. So I would cater weddings. Mm-hmm. And so I would always be, I would always be getting in trouble because I'd want to be a part of the party. You know, so yeah. I'd always be trying to like dance with people or hang out with the DJ while I was supposed to be serving food yeah. and getting stuff for people. So I was always getting in trouble for that. So I've always been a little bit of an outcast in that kind of sense where I can't really focus yeah, yeah. too much on one yeah. particular thing. So, and then I've also, uh, a really interesting job was um, I worked in quality control vehicle performance for Toyota and GM. So I helped build the, uh, the brand new Toyota Tacomas on an assembly line in california so that sounds like a big boy kind of job you done them building uh, cars instead of like bagging groceries you're actually doing it like a real job like in an it office was, or yeah, that was that was a real job it was um, a college like internship program okay um that toyota kind of like helped out with with essentially kids so i was 18 i did it every summer for when i was 18 to 20 yeah so i gave up my summer but then i went and um worked on the assembly line it was a good gig and it like yeah it made made quite a bit of money from as a as a essentially a kid you know so yeah. it was a, a good intro into what i did not want to do with my life yeah exactly you know, assembly lines and all that so i think that's the way as well i, I found that as well like I, you do many jobs you know over maybe you're you know, late, late, like uh, teens to twenties, even into thirties sometimes. And you do mm-hmm. these jobs and know what you don't want to do in the future, you know? So it's, it's exactly. kind of like ticking that box. I don't want to do that. I could do it, but I don't want my life to be doing that, you know? Exactly. No, I feel you. And then, so then the, the transition into how I got into the cruise ship yeah. was um, when I was 18, my mom took uh, myself and my family to Mexico for like my graduation um, and turning 18. So it was like a double birthday, like extravaganza thing. I went to an all-inclusive like little resort in Mexico. It was the first time I've been outside the country. I've never been to anything like that before because I'm from a small town. 
Yeah. And um, I remember one of the nights, um, there's like a first night or second night, they had a show, you know, just like a main stage performance where um, I don't know what it was. It was like a comedy show or a dance party or something mm -hmm. like that, where after dinner, all the guests went down to, and, and watched this performance. And um, at the start of the show, a guy came out with a microphone, never heard of the job before, never heard of what an MC was or anything like that. And he came out and he started speaking to everybody. And just the way that he was able to command the audience and bring people in from all different walks of life and being able to make people laugh and be engaged and have fun and step outside their comfort zone. And um, I looked at that and I was like, I told my mom because she was sitting right next to me. She was, I was like, that's what I want to do. That's mm. what I want to do with my life. I want to do whatever this is. I have no mm. idea what it is, but like, that's what I want to do. Mm. But I was always a really shy kid growing up. Like I wasn't really outgoing. I was a little bit shy, but uh, eventually I started to kind of come into my own. Um, as I grew up, I got more confident and, and as things went on, but I had, yeah, so I kind of put that to the side like, like I want to do that. But then I went to college for business, realized I wanted to do nothing with business and then it was my my mom again that suggested um, working on a cruise ship because they have those like entertainment team and staff and stuff. And so mm. I applied to all the different cruise lines, even though I had no entertainment background. So I had to kind of go into restaurants. So I got yeah. hired with Norwegian Cruise Line. Um, they have a ship in Hawaii called the Pride of America. Okay. And it goes around and it's it's cool. You'll really like this because there's no oh, yeah. seating. There's, There's no, no seat. <laughs> yeah. And two overnights, two overnights in a week. It's in like literally you have, you do nothing on that ship compared to what we did with, uh, with carnival, but yeah. Oh so, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So guests flew in, mm -hmm. you know, flew in and then we would go around the islands, have a couple nights in, you know, Maui and Kauai. And then we would, you know, come back through the Nepali coast and everything. But I got hired as a assistant waiter. So I was just like, again, bussing tables and carrying mm. trays of food. And I always knew that I wanted to get into entertainment, but didn't really know how. And so I remember um, the assistant cruise director sitting down in, in the in the lunchroom by herself. And so I went and I just sat in front of her and I basically was like, my name's Alex. This is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. I want to be a mm. part of your team. Is there anything that I can do to prove to you that, you know, this is where I should be and this is where I want to go? You know, and she's like, well, we take volunteers for this thing called uh, Dancing with the Stars. So have you seen the show? Uh, it's an American TV show. Yeah, with this, like they get a, the celebrity gets like a dancing partner, like and yeah, they, they dance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So instead of, yeah, so instead of the celebrities, because they don't really have celebrities on the ship, the celebrities are crew members. Yeah. And the guests get to dance with the crew members and it's a full show about the cruise director and, you know, and they have like um, a loser's lounge mm. and um, judges and stuff. But um, they're like, yeah, we need crew members to be a part of the show, mm. you know, so show us what you got. Be fun, be quirky, be funky and all yeah. that. So I went and I did it and I think I ended up getting second place or I won or something like that. And so I kept doing that weekend and weekend. Um, uh, so every week I would go out back and do it. And then yeah. after about um, a couple months, like two or three months, you had to do like a probation, no matter what you got hired for. Mm -hmm. um, you could transfer uh, within different departments, but you had to do like a certain amount without getting in trouble. So I did that, um, did that like probationary period, 
And then the entertainment team, which was called at that time, the cruise director's staff. Um, I got hired in with them and then um, started just doing random little hosting things where it was like trivia, mm. um, bingo, yeah. uh, karaoke, um, the uh, pub quizzes, you know, just and, just and just stuff like that. Yeah. So that little apprenticeship experience gave you that kind of taste for, you know, going on and doing longer contracts and getting that kind of full-time cruise experience. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So I stayed with Norwegian for um, about four years, I want to say. Yeah. They had a um, different, different rules and regulations because the yeah. ship that I was on was the only American flagged cruise ship in the world. And so they had to abide by a lot of American laws. So it was completely different than anything that you've experienced. Um, where there is about 70% American workers instead of international workers. So instead of being 3% of a cruise, <laughs> this is 70%. And yeah, so, um, and they had to do with, um, had to deal with, uh, you know, you have overtime. Mm. You know, can't go over, you know, if you go over 40 hours a week, you get overtime. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like a, a normal gig that, we're used to so it was, it was pretty nice it's like a company you're working a nine to five 40 hour week you don't do like over over the amount of hours like you would do when we were doing you, you know still, 50 you plus. still do yeah. you still do but instead of being a salary position it is an hourly position so you do get overtime oh, wow. you know so if you work your your average you know you know 50 60 potentially 70 hours a week you're getting paid for that overtime as well so really like you're saying about like the majority for that company was American. So it's a bit like a love boat situation. You ever see love so boats? It's just, the, yeah, it's just that <laughs> one ship though. It's oh, just the oh, one okay. ship. All oh, okay. the other Norwegian ships are just the same as everything else. It's just this one because it's only in like Hawaiian waters and it never hits international. So they have to abide oh, okay. by American and Hawaiian law, which is actually different because every state kind of has their own rules and regulations as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was on that one. I did, but they still have the same contract lengths around like, you know, four to six months, depending yeah. on what your position is. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I just kept going back and forth to that same, to that same ship. So I would go on vacation, pick different countries, go backpack them. And then as soon as I would get done and I was time for work, I'd go back to the exact same ship. My position changed because um, they yeah. would have different levels, um, different levels within the, the cruise director staff, mm -hmm. you know, mm. um, as far as like, you know, tiers of host level um yeah. i also was the uh the ship's dj for a full <laughs> okay well yeah i've seen you i've seen you spin, uh, spin the wheels of yeah. steel as they call it yeah yeah yours yeah yeah so anytime we did uh, stuff with carnival um when we worked together when i would do those parties and stuff i would dj them myself because i had the experience from before mm, yeah um and then um yeah and then i i eventually i just just left the company because i just wasn't um i wasn't progressing anymore i was kind of just staying within the same the same position and i was mm. like i want to go out and do more and i had a buddy that i trained on that ship to be a dj and to be the entertainment staff and to do all the stuff we basically came from the same came from the same background like we both started in restaurant both yeah. went to entertainment staff yeah. both went to dj and then he ended up leaving and going to carnival yeah and got like assistant cruise director after one contract and wow, he, he okay. called me up and he, and he was like, dude, there's so many more ships. It's so much fun. You got to come over. You got to check it out. Like there's so much more room for improvement mm. and, es you know, escalated up in, uh, into different positions. And he's like, you got to come over and, 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 you know, basically try out. Right. 
So I went on like a really long backpacking trip in Southeast Asia for about three or four months. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, um, I contacted the, um, the carnival representatives. I flew out to Florida for an interview and then they hired me right there. And then it was just getting our medical stuff done, which, you know, takes a long time. And then uh, I was on with carnival. That's cool. Yeah. So when you started, did it take you long to progress up the, up the ranks to like assistant or host assistant cruise director on the cruise director? Good question, man. Um, so when I was with Norwegian, I didn't really care too much about progressing because I was 22 to like 25, yeah. you know, so I was just mm. into having a good time. Yeah. Didn't really care. I mean, when you're on a ship, as you know, everything's taken care of for you. You know, you have yeah. your food, you have like all that stuff. So yeah. not really worried about future and all that. I just want to have the best, most amount of fun. Right. Exactly. Experiences. Yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. And I never really, to be honest, I never really thought that I had what it took or mm-hmm. to, to become a cruise director. Uh, just because the first cruise director that I had, I saw that as like perfection. The other cruise director that came in and like relieved him for his vacation. Yeah. With nothing compared to like what this particular guy um, was capable of doing, right? And so, and that was throughout every every ship that I've ever been on. This one dude, the first cruise director that I ever saw, was by far the best over anybody else. Okay. So I looked at that and I was like, "There's no way that I could do that." <laughs> I was <laughs> like, "That's perfection." Like, I struggled with my identity and trying to figure it out. But anyway, when I got to Carnival, I was like, "All right, let me just." Now that I'm seeing that you have all these, you know, all these different ships, all these different cruise directors, mm. I got to shoot for something. I have to have some kind of determination, you know, for to get somewhere. I have to have some kind of a progress that I, that I wanted to do. So I was like, I'm going to go for cruise director. I'm just going to do it. So um, I did two full contracts. So one full year as a host. Mm. And then um, it was kind of kind of a funny little story, but I had been uh, drinking one night and I was like, you know what? I'm done being a host. Like, I, I want assistant cruise director right now. So after a couple of drinks, I went into the office and I wrote an email to our, like, um, I don't want to name any names, but like our scouting director for assistant cruise directors and stuff like that. And I just wrote him an email saying, I've done all this stuff. I've accomplished all this. I have these awards, this, this, or whatever. I was like, yeah. I want to be assistant cruise director now. And then literally like kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day he wrote me back and said, all right, sounds good. Next contract, you're starting as assistant cruise director. So I ended up um, going, doing one full contract as an assistant cruise, cruise director. And at the end of that contract, I filled in for the cruise director mm-hmm. um, conference. So the yep. cruise, all the cruise directors once per, it used to be once a year. Mm-hmm. And now once every two years, they have a conference where all the cruise directors get together and they just, you know, they have like a training session and they have fun and they kind of do awards and it's just basically all the cruise directors just kind of come and hang out for a little yeah. while. And it, well, they never get a chance to most of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the cruise directors don't even know each other because they'll never work together. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Unless, unless one of them had trained another and then, but then there, mm. there's only one per ship. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So I just uh, sent, sent the email, went in there yeah. and then that last, that last week I ended up filling in. And so I was a cruise director for that mm. seven days. And then from then on, I was like in between. So I was did mm. cruise director for a couple months and then went back to assistant cruise director and then back to yeah. cruise director, back to assistant cruise director. And then eventually they, they saw you as an equal and then you became, then I became fully hired. And that was after um, one more contract after that. So I was like, 
I would probably say it took me about two years to get full cruise director status. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, me included, I mean, didn't aspire to be a cruise director. Again, probably didn't believe or didn't really want all those duties because there's a lot of duties to do as a cruise director. You know, you're pretty much the face of the ship, you know, and you're the voice yeah. of the ship. And some people who want it don't get it. And it's very disappointing. So to, for, for you to get to be cruise director is, is an achievement in itself because some guys want it so bad and, and when they don't get it, it's, and you've, you've worked with these guys and they don't get it and they're just it breaks them a little bit because they work so hard. They, they, they work at their, at their, at their levels and they get to assistant crew director and they never get to that next step, you know? So I'm sure you're proud of that, but you put the fact you never thought you could and you got there, you just kept determination, I guess, got, got, got you over the line in a way, you know? Yeah, it was, it was one of those things where, I mean, the opportunity kind of came, you know, yeah. it just it's presented itself and, you know, I had the option to do it or not do it. And I just, yeah. I, I was like, I can't, I can't not take the opportunity, you know? Mm. And that's how a lot of cruise directors get promoted is those short little time frames where they're given that opportunity for that week or that couple mm, days yeah. if the cruise director's sick or whatever. And you have to be that person yeah. that would be, be able to step in and you have to know everything that the cruise mm. director does. So I did a lot of studying. I did a lot of, um, you know, just mock shows. Yeah. like in my cabin and on stage when nobody else was there. Yeah. And that's, that's really how you have to, how you have to show it, yeah. you know, cause a lot of guys say they want it, but then you're like, all right, cool. Well, mm. this, is, this is your opportunity. You're going to do this, 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 and this, and you have like this amount of time to be able to do it. And then yeah. they, you know, people panic, you know, you, you almost become like the full package entertainment wise. You're kind of, you're hosting, you're, you're meeting the guests, you're, you're, right. you're building a persona. You know, a lot of these guys have personas and they have like, I have like little sticks that, you know, like they might have a certain way they dress or uh, yeah. kind of style how they perform on stage. You know, you had your style and that's what kind of made you, that's what kept stood you out from maybe someone who was coming up behind you kind of thing, you know? Yeah. No, that was, remember when I was talking about um, that before when I was talking about that, that one cruise director that I thought was like the best, yeah. you know, and then he had his niche yeah. and I was always trying to, what separates me mm from everybody else, you yeah. know, cause I'm just an average looking white boy from California, you know, like I don't really have any, you know, dramatic differences or I'm not like cool and suave and yeah. I have like all this like stuff going on at me. I'm not a big guy, you know? So it's like, I'm just, everything's like straight up average. So I'm like, how am I going to um, be able to command an audience when I just mm. look like an average Joe, you know? Yeah. And so eventually you start to figure out that your niche and what separates you from everybody else is actually just you. Yeah, it's you being yourself to the best of your abilities, and mm. to not be afraid to take chances and just go with your gut feelings and everything, you know. And the something about being a cruise director that kind of gets overlooked. Everybody looks at the performance-based stuff, like so. Basically, what is he doing? Mm. Um, how does he look? Like, how is his, you know, speech? How is yeah. his? Uh, shows how like all this like stuff that you see yeah the most important thing is the actual management skills you, you have to deal with a lot of sometimes egos sometimes emotions sometimes like i mean we're away for six months you know and, and maybe someone's coming towards the end of the contract you have to keep the energy levels up because you come to those final couple of months of that contract you feel a bit uh, tired because you've you know, the mm -hmm. guests, the guests don't see you you know every week you see them for one week of their whole year you know yeah that's why I found you, you, I found your management style. You just knew how to kind of, uh, you know, 
taper it down. You knew you, you could see if someone was not feeling the best. So you'd kind of put the arm around them or you just kind of push us harder. You were there for about two months and you pushed us all the way to number one. You, you were, you were, you were like a dog with a bone. You were like, I'm getting number one guys. This is going to look good on my CV. I'm getting number one. Okay. And yeah. You just show you just worked hard, you know, and you, we got results on the, on the back, on the back of your kind of leadership. And, and yeah. And, th- and that's, that's, that's the, that's the part that I'm, you know, I take the most pride in about being a cruise director. Yes. I had, I had a lot of like cool um, accolades and awards and stuff that I received. Mm. I won leader of the month three times while I was, while I was with um, carnival. Um, I was always in the top five as far as guest satisfaction scores. Mm. Didn't matter what ship I was on We were always, always in the top. Um, but the thing that I prided myself most on, and the thing that I really challenged myself and 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 tried the hardest to do, was to make sure that the the staff that I had. So I don't I like I don't like using the word my like my staff or mm. my guy or my yeah. whatever. But yeah. the um you know the entertainment team that was that was with me. I tried to push as much as I possibly could to make sure that they were all not only having the best time, but also setting them up, setting them up for their career path. So if yeah. one, cause everybody's different. So for instance, you didn't really want any cruise director role. You didn't want the inter- entertainment director role. Mm. You wanted to do comedy club yeah. and you wanted to do it well and to the best yeah. of your ability. So then my focus was helping you achieve that goal. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, if that's, I'm not going to push you into something that you don't want to do unless I see potential, you know, then it's, then it's something a little bit different, you know, mm. but it's like, you see someone that's just like, you could tell they want it, but they don't want to say it, you know, mm. so you really have to get to know every yeah. single one of the people that are working with you, mm-hmm. um, top to bottom. Yeah. What are your goals? What are your likes and your dislikes? Mm. What, what are you a morning person or are you a late person? Do you drink a lot? Do you, um, are you always wanting to get off the ship? Are you, yeah. you know, worried about making sure that the guests are having a great time? Are you trying to get more stage time? Like there's so many different things that go into every person that's on the ship. And if you can somehow get through, you know, even if it's just a few percentage yeah. of where we're, you're actually paying attention to mm. someone's wants and needs mm. then it goes really far. Cause I, um, through my, you know, just, I was only a cruise director for about three years, mm. but I had about six people that worked underneath me that ended up becoming cruise directors because of my like teaching and like, because yeah. of my persistence and making sure that, you know, they were set up and I saw it in them to do this or, mm. When, for instance, against again, example for you with Comedy Club, we, we worked for you to get your numbers up up through Comedy Club because that was your goal, that was your entity, that was your thing. Yeah. So all of us coming together, that's why that ship became number one. It's not because of me. It's not because of you. Mm-hmm. It's because of the collective of everybody realizing their potential and still having a good time and all. Yeah, that. we we're all on the same hymn sheet. You know, I've worked with well, I worked one more contract. 
mm-hmm. and I, I work from on Magic, and Magic is um one of the big. It's a bigger ship, but it's not got the kind of prestige of a, like a of like a uh, like a like a Horizon or. It's still a big ship. It's a lot different from Imagination. Imagination was a smaller ship, whereas Ma- whereas Magic, the, the, the expectation were totally different. And again, I was probably working with a lot more kind of seniors as well, and they kind of wanted to be where you are. You know, they wanted to be crew yeah. director, and they were like, "Why is it not happening?" Or they want to be entertainment director. Why is it not happening? So. I was just kind of trying to fit into that role in, on that ship, but in, in imagination, it all kind of, it all worked for it. We all came together. We all yeah. knew what we had to do. I knew I was in comedy club and I'm thankful you didn't take it away from me because I enjoy comedy club, but I also, I also don't everything else you asked of me, whether it was, yeah. uh, you know, doing the trivia parties or helping out on the shows and stuff like that. But you see in comedy club was my kind of bag, you know? Yep. And that's, that's the thing. And like, there, there are some of those jobs that, nobody wants to do and then when you get that one person that wants it you're like oh thank god because comedy clubs are very very difficult Mm. um i always thought comedy club for me when i was doing it was harder than being a cruise director because a cruise director like you get to do all the fun stuff you get to do all the things that you want to do you get Mm. to do all but i mean there are some things that go along with it that are not that great you know the there's some of the stuff, some of the stuff that you host are just, mm. you dread it going into mm. it, but you know, it's part of the package, you know, but yeah. with comedy club, it's the same thing. Every time you have to have your opener, yeah. you have to, you know, tell a couple jokes or whatever. You have yeah. to bring on the act, you have to bring off the act, you have to manage the room. Yeah. And it's just that constantly. But as a cruise director, you're like, you're over in this room, you're over mm. in this room, you do this thing, you do this yeah. thing. So it, your, your, your wheels in your head, you never get bored. Mm. You get tired but you never get bored or yeah. you get complacent. I mean, we talk about a lot about work and that's kind of what it, what it is. We, you work a lot when you're on a ship and that's what you're paid to do. You're there to, you know, entertain the guests and, and, and be the fun person that, you know, everyone wants you to be. But like, what would you do to relax uh, when you were working on a ship as a cruise director? What, like, would, would you have anything you do, like <laughs> routines? I would just sleep, man. I would just sleep, <laughs> sleep uh, that's it. Sleep was my thing. I mean, we... It depends though. I mean, like one contract I had, um, I had my girlfriend on, so she and yeah. I would go out, you know, and then we would go and have lunches mm-hmm. or, um, just little explorations and stuff, you know, yeah. just kind of anytime you get off the ship, as you know, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. It's something, yeah. you know, that you need to do, but then other times it's a lot of effort to get yeah. off of to the ship as well, you know? Yeah. Um, and just getting up, putting on different clothes, walking down the gangway, getting off, you know, having your ID and your badge yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. Just the thought of that was just like too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Especially tender so, ports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tender, yeah, tender ports. And that's a, you know, so a lot. A lot of the times, I mean, there was always work to do, whether it was paperwork, mm. whether it was computer stuff, whether it was trainings. Yeah. Um, whether I had to do just, just regular random mm. stuff whether it be on the bridge or yeah. you know just meetings with different people it was yeah. it was always there's always something to do you know so as far as me relaxing i mean it was just trying to find time to just rest yeah. resting with my relaxation because it was everything else was just so intense yeah but so no, definitely now you mentioned you mentioned about like you know 
you rest or you know but you work we work hard but i think with your style of leadership was um you had you had you had certain standards you set yourself for example trivia parties you always come up with like very uh creative kind of um you know yeah. lion, lion king moments and all these kind of things you're you're very uh, creative but you also you also want things to be done to a t and and there, there is method in that madness as well because if you do it perfectly the guests will appreciate it as well just mm-hmm. like, for example, remember uh, show watches. Now, they, I, I dreaded show watches because remember like, trying to <laughs> light the stage and stuff and my torch going off and oh my goodness, heart attack yeah. stuff. But I remember during one of the shows, uh, I forget what it was called. It was like that kind of um, Lady Gaga stuff. What was it called? It wasn't... It, wasn't a, uh, it was called Divas. I don't think any other crew's directed on this, but you had us at the door just as, as the lights were coming up. I tell you, I've seen a vein in your head. If you did, if you, that door was not open on time, you'd be like... <laughs> because it's just it's just it's just as the, as the lights were coming up it's perfect timing to open those doors so the guests will just flow out there's no like there's no stop you know yeah the guests will want to go to casino or you'd probably announce like um the comedy club is open guys piano bar there's always something to do so you, you're always kind of making sure the show goes on you know so that was yep. the doors was my panic that's why i was happy to be in the comedy club so i was so far yeah. away from those doors yeah. Oh, wow. So that's no that that's funny that you say that because definitely we have I mean all cruise directors we have a very short I wouldn't call it temper but a very short fuse where if something is wrong or yeah. if something is not going the correct way yeah the only thing that we are trying to do is create the best possible experience mm. for every guest yeah. you know and so if opening if not opening doors looks really bad on the company and yeah. everything just yeah. because now they're having to do it and then people are getting yeah. like shoved in the back and all yeah. this stuff so literally that split second reaction of knowing to open the doors yeah creates such more of a positive yeah. experience yeah, to yeah. the next thing rather than being like oh my god that was a good show why is this door closed i can't get out it's yeah locked. It's yeah, yeah you're right you're right on. And then opening them being like, this, that was stupid. Like what kind of, you know, show are they running here? You know? So, and that's where like the littlest things, like I yeah. know, I know I am definitely guilty of that. Like the littlest things, if they don't go, if they don't go correctly. It just, mm. lo- it just makes you look bad. You know, you're mm. representing a billion dollar yeah. company. Yeah. And when those tiny little things happen or mm. just, um, just, just stupid little, little yeah. things, it just looks bad. That's like, say for example, you go into a restaurant and one of the bus boys forgets to clean a table or whatever. And then you go and you, so like these, the the bus boy remembers to have to do this every single time. One time you come in, you're automatically setting these people up for a negative experience. So it's trying to omit those negative experiences to create a big positive thing. Like, you know me, I'm very, I'm very lackadaisical. Um, yeah. Very laws of the fair mm-hmm. with the way mm-hmm. that I lead and that I manage. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to have those moments of panic yeah. to make you realize that this needs to happen now. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. if you just everything's just super laissez-faire the whole yeah. time, then nothing's going to go correctly. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it go- it goes towards the ratings, and some people might be very like particular about you know they might say the show was great, but the doors weren't open, you know. So you might have people who will pick on small things like that, you know. So yeah, you're right. It's attention to detail, 
And I feel, I feel coming off a ship, your attention detail goes up a lot because you go into a restaurant, as you say, and you look at like, you know, ser- servers standing in idle or you look at the table not being cleaned and you just go, this is not acceptable because on a ship, yeah. it's always done to a T. And when it's not done, yeah. you're, like, you're, you're like a critic. You're, you're like, what's going on here? What's, what's this? What do you, what do you put your hands to your exactly. pockets? And, and it's, not your, it's not your problem, but you feel uh, it's your problem. You feel like yeah. you, should be, you should be managing this situation here, you know? Yeah, and even even going back to um, you know you're talking about the trivia parties, which was my favorite thing. Yeah, my absolute favorite thing to do on the the whole the whole ship the whole time. That farewell party was extraordinary. But even like say you're going to um, so I needed there's because you were mentioning I had a bunch of like little creative things that I had all set up right, but that all yeah. had to be set up perfectly or yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, you know, and yeah, like yeah. it was awkward. So yeah. for instance, like the, the Lion King thing, you know, cause it's like its head, its head has to be taped on because when I went up, if it wasn't taped correctly, the head wouldn't fall off. And like, that's the whole gag, that's the whole thing. Or if it's not handed to me, like at the right time that I'm like running instead of doing like this stuff. So it's, and anything can happen. It's the beauty of it is that you, it's never the same thing twice yeah. yourself up for success for it to work that it works. But then there's also been times where, you know, I've been pranked, which is actually makes it way more fun. I remember one time someone, um, it wasn't even an intentional prank. So I would have the, uh, um, the housekeeping staff make the, the little lion for me. Right. Mm. And so, and like, they knew that they needed to have it at this certain time because, you know, we were doing the show. Right. And now they would put like a tiny piece of tape on it so that when I lifted it up, the head would fall off. Yeah. But then, one time it was done by a different guy, like, cause the one guy couldn't do it. So he had the other guy do it mm. and he rubber banded the head on. So it stayed on. I know that. So, so when I went to lift the head up or when I lift, lift the line, the, the head just stayed there. And so I was trying to like fling it off. <laughs> Come on. And so, and all of you guys know that the head's supposed to fall yeah. off. So when it didn't fall off. All of you are just losing your shit. Nobody else had any idea. Yeah, yeah. Put it so that that made it really funny. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. When we did the frozen, when we did the frozen gag, yeah. Remember when, when someone came up when they had a full Olaf? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, and none of us knew that that was gonna happen. So, so yeah, it is. It is. It does go. I mean, like those 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 little things. You know, they 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 go a really long way to mm. the to the you know, to the whole picture. Now, I gave you a little bit of homework to do. Um, whenever the guests, uh, you know, are, are on a sea day, for example, the guests would um, have the cruise director come on in the morning time, maybe nine, 10 in the morning, and tell, right. and tell the guests what is gonna happen for the rest of the day. Now, because I have a cruise director on the line right here, our, my cruise director, Alex, of course, is gonna, and is gonna give it a mock announcement of what it's like to be on board a cruise ship from like morning to evening activities. Go on ahead, Alex. All right. So I'm, first of all, I haven't done this in like a year and a half. So it's been <laughs> a really long time. So I had to actually kind of think about like what would what would be in place. But I'll just give the, list, the listeners kind of just a um, obviously, obviously I'm going to do like a, a mock announcement. Yeah. But we would do several different ones. Mm, okay. So it wouldn't be like one announcement for the yeah. whole day. Yeah. We would kind sure of split it up. So I would do 
a morning announcement, which would have a very soft feel and a soft tone to it. Mm -hmm. Because as people were waking up, yeah. the last thing you want at, you know, eight in the morning is like, bing bong, what's going on, everybody? It's more just like, like a, you know, after the bing bong, it was like, morning everybody i hope you're all enjoying your amazing morning we have you know the coffee shop going on we have this we have that we have morning bingo i know everybody's out and you're wanting to have a good time so just go out and enjoy the ship enjoy the morning we have plenty more activities going on later you know and then the 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 afternoon announcement would be a little bit more chipper mm -hmm. a little bit more vibey because that's what everyone's um everyone's kind of just like you know, yeah. we're waking up, we're, we're looking to eat, we're looking to have some fun, we're looking for this, for that. Mm. And then the evening announcement would be a lot more proper, mm. especially if it was like elegant night, you know, it would be a bunch of fancy words about looking nice and dressing up well and meeting the captain and having mm. the shows and stuff like that, you know. So I guess I'll just do a, um, the middle, I'll do the afternoon essentially announcement. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. All right. Yeah. But so you you have but you have to do the bing bong. Okay. Bing bong. What's going on, everybody? It's your cruise director Alex right here. I hope everyone is enjoying this fantastic day at sea here on board the Carnival Dream. Now, I know you have an activity or a, an afternoon rather that you want to have some fun. So coming up at 1 p.m., which is in exactly 15 minutes time, this is the only time this is going to happen for the rest of the cruise. So you do not want to miss it. It's your opportunity to become a celebrity for the entire cruise. That's right. We were looking for some guests that want to be a part of our lip sync battle audition where you have to be that celebrity if you have not seen the show it is on tv hosted by ll cool j where you get to be the celebrity so every single person if you can hear the sound of my voice do not miss this show come on up to the pool deck right now you're going to see your fellow guests have some fun two of them are going to win we're going to look for a guy and a girl and this entire cruise is going to culminate to two of you competing on stage on the last night of the cruise, it's going to be so much fun. Do not miss it. Prizes are going to be won. Events are going to be had. Memories are going to be made. Come on up to the pool deck right now for some fun. Bam. Bing <laughs> yeah. So that was just, yeah. yeah. So that's just, you know, you, there's no real format mm. for anything. You know, you just want to create excitement, you know? Yeah. And so that would be one thing. Um, I would, I wouldn't have made it like that particular long, mm. but, uh, but because I'll have to do a bunch of other stuff, you know, so I'll mm -hmm. do, um, you always have to do a sales announcement. So whether mm. it be like a watch sale or inch of gold or something within the shops, mm. something within the future cruise, something that's going on with, um, the, the port and shopping guides, yeah. um, or also stuff that's going on with food, with, mm -hmm. um, location, shore yep. excursions. There's so much information to give people that if you just do a bing bong, we would call it a bing bong, but if you just do an announcement and just read something, mm. no one's going to get that excitement, you know, and you also have to put, um, put a time emphasis on things mm. and saying that this is the only time this is happening or you only have 15 minutes mm. to do this. You have five minutes to get to here. Mm. So you have to put that that um, that pressure, you know, that people mm. like, oh God, like you don't you don't want the fear of missing out on this. You don't want to do this. You you have to do this. Mm. And then people are like, oh, okay, well, that that's that's what I should be doing, right? Because mm. if you just let people do their own thing, 
they can see on the list, you know, that they have like of all the different events, but mm. a lot of the times they don't understand it or they don't know what's going on. They don't know that they want to do it until you put those words of affirmation into them saying, this is what you need to do. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's very true. Well, yeah, yeah. you're right. It's, there's a lot to, there's, I'm sure there's a lot to, there's, there's a, it's nearly formulaic in a way, the way you kind of structure what you want to announce. And of course you have your, you know, your shops. So you have to mention there's some sort of like mm. casinos, like, tournament on or something or a comedy yep. club or whatever depends what what you want to focus on you know now i was i was going to ask you what drives you to succeed but i mean yeah what what does drive you to, to succeed or have you have you always been driven like like say like do you like a challenge like if you outside of cruise life like have you like uh ran a marathon or have you climbed the mountain or are you are, are you are you driven in that way yeah so um i have two major two major loves like okay. the things that really, really drive me. One of them is being on stage in front of a thousand people and having mm. all eyes on you. Yeah. It just, it really, it really makes you feel alive. Yeah. You know, cause it doesn't, I don't care who you are, how long you've done it. You have a show, you're a little nervous, you know, mm. you're a little nervous, you know, you feel those butterflies, you know, cause you have, you can't mess up, yeah. really can't mess up. And if you do, it's all about recovery. And that was yeah. one thing that I really instilled into, into the hosts and stuff that worked with me. It was like, you can forget a line, you can do this, you can do that, you know, but if you just keep, keep rolling with it. It's how you recover. You make fun of yourself. You call yourself out, yeah. you know, if you forget something, whatever you move on, yeah. you keep going. If you just like, you know, stand there frozen or whatever, you know, you don't, Yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't end up working out. But, um, so yeah, so that's my, my first major love. And my second one is just traveling. Mm. traveling um getting onto a plane stepping off of the plane having no real plan mm. don't know the language you know and just setting off in it on an adventure you know those are the two times where i feel the most alive yeah you know where it's just i'm fully focused i'm fully you know i have you know the whole like mindful yeah. mindfulness like i'm focused on just those moments yeah and there's nothing else that can kind of like get in my way so i'm i'm driven to have as many of those moments as possible yeah because i love that um but for the rest of it i mean as far as you know being driven for other things like you know i'm just just as lazy as the next guy you know unless i have to do something mm. you know like you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put too much effort into something unless I'm really, really into it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But at least, at least, you know, what areas to focus your energy on. Like travel is important. And of course, uh, being a, the best performer you can be, it was the best place for you to be really on a cruise ship at the time because you could totally. learn your craft and you could travel. Well, mm -hmm. Travel to yeah. Encinitas, Mexico, or, or to the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but there, there's not a lot of jobs in the world that even though we work every single day, no yeah. days off, all that, you know, oh, we still no. have months off. In yeah, exactly. Yeah. You plan ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's not a lot of jobs that you're allowed to have a month off or two months off a year, yeah. three months off even for us, you know? And so you can really plan and have like a really cool, like, all right, I'm working, yeah. I'm focusing mm. all, of, all of my energy just on the, mm. on the, on the cruise, on entertainment, on the guests, yeah. on the crew, like all this stuff. Again, that's all I'm focused on. Then when you're done, you're like, cool. Now all I'm focused on is traveling, adventure, yeah. um, excursions, you know, yeah. crazy food and like all this mm. stuff. So you can really kind of go back and forth between those two things. So yes, while I was doing it, I was extremely happy. I was very, I was very tired. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very happy at the same time. 
Yeah, I don't know how guys do to, like become cruise directors. Like, I remember in Royal, there was a guy working for maybe 20 plus years, and I have worked with guys who worked 10, 15, 20 year as a cruise mm-hmm. director. That's yeah, that's that's a special achievement in life, really, to be able to do that because that, that's a lot of energy you got, you got to give. Okay, it may pay for your house, but you, you can't take back that time on land. You know what I mean? It's six months away each time. It's a long, mm-hmm. it's a, a, a big chunk of your life, you know, on a ship, you know? Now, do you remember at the end of cruises, guests would always ask, you know, the, the question and answers, like we're having a bit, like we're having now. And people were asking, what, what's what's the end game for you? And, and you mentioned Vegas. And funny enough, you went to work in Vegas. Now, how did that come about? How did you go from ships to Vegas? I guess that's a natural progression as a entertainer or someone who's in entertainment business to go to Vegas. That's kind of the yardstick, really. That's Everyone wants to be in Vegas, no? Unless you are going into... Los Angeles and you want to, you know, you want to be a game show host or, you know, there's not a lot of jobs for that particular field. Okay. You know, maybe you want to go to like an, again, like the the, the original guy, like an all-inclusive resort or there are, but it's not like, you know, being a singer or a dancer and then there's like a million gigs for you or a comedian, there's a million gigs, you know, you still, you still got to work hard to be able to get these gigs. So in Vegas, um, that's just the entertainment capital of the United States, if not the world. Yeah, you know? for so sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, in my opinion, the only transition would be from cruise ships to Vegas. Mm. Um, so I got an offer to be the very first director of experience um, for Caesars Entertainment. So Caesars Entertainment is like mm-hmm. Caesars Palace. You know, they have a bunch of different. Um, they have nine different casinos in Vegas, and then over fifty through throughout the world within the Caesars entertainment family Mm -hmm. and this was a pilot position it was the first time this has ever been done but what vegas was trying to do was seeing if if this would work if they had a cruise director role for the casinos so essentially someone that would make announcements that would be like a celebrity figure that would be able to you know tell people what's going on and and all that stuff like Mm -hmm. on a ship right Mm -hmm. and so the idea was to to have this position implemented for a couple of the casinos that were kind of struggling. Mm. So I went to work um, and cause I had been doing ships for eight years. I was just mm. really tired. I was just really tired. Um, wasn't really in favor of the direction the company that I was working with was going as far as the, the cruise director position, mm. you know um, it was, it was starting to become a lot more cookie cutter where all the cruise directors were doing the same content, the same times, the same this, the same that. Mm. Even trying to try to sometimes control um, your even creativity. What was, yeah, cre- yeah, exactly. Controlling the creativity, you know. Mm. Um, so I was kind of always a little bit against that, you know. But that, but then again, I'm just a pawn in in the company, you know. Mm. So I was just like, well, let me see what else that I could do. You can kind of always always go back. You know, but it's mm. just like what else? Otherwise, I'm, if I get stuck, then I'm just I'm just a cruise director for yeah. the rest of my life. You know, so I'm, it's the same it's the same gig. And you know, as you know, the cruise life is fun, but it's mm. not really sustainable because you know? you're saying you know you don't know how those mm. guys are doing it for the whole time. It's yeah. a lot, right? It's a long time. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, like, well, sure. this would be a, yeah, yeah, this would be a cool position to go just and check out and just see how see how it rolls, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So. um so I went over there and I was doing it. And then as soon as I, but as soon as I got hired, the people that hired me and that kind of wrote this position, both of them got separately promoted. And so I was kind of just like left there. 
mm. and without any like kind of direction. So then I just kind of got picked up by a marketing guy. And then, so my position kind of fell within the marketing department. And so then I just ended up kind of doing marketing stuff, you know, mm. where I was making sure signs were correct. Mm. Um, I was trying the best that I could to try to figure it out, but Vegas mm. is so transient that you don't have people's attention on a ship. You have them stuck. So captive it's an audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have a captive audience, but in Vegas, I mean, people are walking in, they're walking out, mm. unless something is free or unless mm-hmm. something is, you know, happening right there in front of their eyes, they're not mm. going to, not going to stop. You can have a Cirque du Soleil act happening on the middle of the street. People yeah. will watch for about 15 to 20 seconds and then they'll just keep going because yeah. there's just so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the concept of this position was great, but yeah. it just, um, the execution, we just didn't, we just didn't do very well on the execution of it. So yeah. I ended up being like, okay, so I see where this position is going. Mm. Um, I've worked now the whole time for mm. my whole life. I was like, I just want some time just to like to take off. So that's when I decided to go travel and to go um, and try to just do some random, random little volunteer jobs. What's the name of the volunteering uh, like program? <laughs> What's it called? So, I, so the concept is is called um, that I came up with was called "We'll Work for Free." So okay. you know, like you still you see that those you know the people with the signs that say "We'll work for food" or "We'll yeah, do this yeah. for this" or whatever. So there are programs that you can um, you can sign up for, hmm. and they kind of match you essentially with people all over the world that have specific um, jobs that they need done. Yeah. Right. And so instead of paying you money, they give you free food and a free place to stay. So it's basically just like a trade, right? So you go, you do something for a little bit and then you move on whatever. Mm. Right. So you can legally work in all the world without getting any of the paperwork and stuff because you're not getting, you're not getting paid. So my goal of this was just to go and just kind of go on a journey of a journey of jobs. Like I want to try this. I've never done this before. Like necessarily, not necessarily trying to find my next, you know, big life Mm. choice or decision. It's just to go out and try try some crap out. Right. So the first one that I chose was a um, Hare Krishna spiritual like dairy farm where I would like go and I like milked a cow and I was hanging out with horses and learning about um, permaculture and also um, in this like religious uh, vegan kind of setting, you know, that I've never been a part of, you know, out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Very good. Way out of my comfort zone. Like I would never want to do that. Right. But I was like, you know what, go for there for three or four, you know, for four weeks or whatever, try it out, have some fun. Right. And so I was doing that. And then I also wanted to do like a little, like YouTube channel about mm. it. Um, but it ended up just being like, I wasn't really focused enough on what I was doing. Cause I was worried, mm. more worried about editing and filming mm. and channel and enjoying the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wanted to be as present as possible yeah. while I was doing these things. And so I was like, you know what, I'll put this on hold for a little bit and just go and just get into, um, what I love doing. And what I love doing is just, traveling you know mm. so just 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 going different places and you know going and doing a little bit of partying a little bit of sightseeing a little mm. bit of jungles a little bit of this a little bit of that mm. and so then it came into um where i was just going to travel for a while mm. and then i would restart it again when i 
when I felt like it. Right. Mm. So I went and I did, um, so I volunteered in Sweden and then yep. I would just kind of travel around. So I did Europe for a little while and then I went over to Singapore nice. for a week. And then I went to Indonesia, went to Bali and stuff for six weeks. And then I went over to the Philippines for about six or seven weeks. And then from there I went to, um, from there I got a, an interesting idea because um, they have a bunch of scooters, you know, yep. little, little scooters and stuff that you go and you just, you're in the jungle and like, it's just, it's just mine. It's, it's mind blowing and breathtaking. Like when you're on like these little scooters and you're just, mm in another country, just cruising, right? Just cruising. <laughs> it got me this, this, this idea. I was like, well, what if I, what if I do like a motorcycle trip? You know, if I just, um, and then I was like, while I was riding, I was like, what, what can I do that I would like, I can do like this, this particular scooter ride or a motorcycle ride. Like, what if I just did it across the world? Like, mm. What if I just started here, went there and just went all the way across the world. So I started to think of, still with like kind of like a YouTube kind of a thing or mm. just like kind of like a documentary of, of, um, I came up with an idea called China to Chico. Oh, very good. So I would ride a bike essentially from, um, Shanghai, China all the way to Chico, obviously taking a boat or a plane, you know, yeah, across yeah, yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. But, and cause, cause where, uh, where, where Shanghai is and Chico, they're basically on the same, um, I guess we, what do you call it, like meridian or whatever, like the same, like, um, time um, on the time. Uh, yeah, on the, on the same, like, you know, latitude, like the, uh, longitude, latitude. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So it was on the same longitude. So it'd basically be like, I, I went from one end of the world to the other, you know, yeah. going that way. And so I was like, well, I did a bunch of research on bikes and I was like, all right, well, the one that I want is called this Royal Infields Himalayan. Mm. It's, a, it's a it's a dual sport crossover i've never ridden a motorcycle in my life i was like but i'm gonna do it fuck it why not right <laughs> so they make the bike in india but mm -hmm. i was like you know what instead of going to india they also have a um a shop in um sri lanka yeah i'd heard a bunch of people that i had a um, bunch of other you know travelers saying that sri lanka is amazing yeah i gotta go there india is kind of like a 50 50 kind of thing where people either like it yeah they hate it whatever's in between but it's just a really big country busy place I, yeah 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 busy and i wanted to go for a little bit less busy so mm, mm. i decided to go to sri lanka and then i just um found the plant found the uh, the shop walked in and was like so i have a, i have an idea i want to ride this bike from you know from china back to california but i want to buy it in india i was like can i just volunteer my time here um i just want to learn about the bike you know learn how to fix them learn how to like just whatever any anything mm. royal field like that's what i want to do yeah and so the guys were like okay so then i i stayed there for about three weeks learning mm -hmm. as much as i could um it was fun but uh, there was a lot of a language barrier yeah. as well so they speak um their local language is called singalese okay and um they uh so the the mechanic didn't really speak much english so it was a mm. lot of like monkey see monkey do rather than <laughs> yeah yeah so still, I, I learned a lot. Like I got to ride the bikes around and stuff. But mm. then that's right when the whole COVID nineteen thing started happening. Yeah. So I had to find a place to hunker down, and so that ended up leaving and going to another little town um, called Ella, and yeah. ended up staying there for a couple months to kind of like wait it all out. So what was it like in Sri Lanka uh, during lo lockdown? Over here, we've been pretty much on lockdown. Where it, well, we can leave the, leave the house for an hour or two per day. And we're only coming into se our second phase. So we've got four phases. So 
our next phase end of June the phase after that's like third week in July What's, what was uh, it like in Sri Lanka what was lockdown like for you in Sri Lanka so lockdown in Sri Lanka was actually really fun okay um, it was uh very interesting and um I ended up having just like a just a a very memorable experience yeah in a positive way um yeah, yeah, so yeah. when the lockdown was starting to happen mm-hmm. i was like all right well i want to get away from the cities yeah so because i know i know the big cities are going to end up being the worst places mm-hmm. there's only a couple there's only a couple cities in in um in sri lanka that are big cities and that was uh colombo and Nagumbo, and they're mm-hmm. both on like the west coast and uh that's the capital and like also like the second largest city and stuff so oh yeah so I was like, um, I want to go and I want to be in the mountains. I was mm. like, if I'm going to be on lockdown, I might as well just be in the be in nature and stuff, right? Yeah. So we get into this little town called. I get into. I took the last train and there's this train ride um, from this town called Candy to a town called Ella is one of the most beautiful train rides in the world. Um, yeah, just like and I'm sure if you if you looked it up or if the listeners looked it up, um, yeah the train ride from from candy to to um to ella and it's just mm-hmm. like this blue train and you're sitting in the middle like because they're sri lanka is known for tea so there's just like tea plantations like all yeah. over the place and you're in the forest it's amazing anyway so i took that last train to ella and then proceeded to be on lockdown there so the lockdown was like you had to be in a particular house or whatever and you couldn't go outside for four days mm-hmm. and then you had one day where you can go get groceries and essential stuff and then you had to go straight back yeah. And you'd go into another four day lockdown. Yeah. So it was like that for a little while. <clears throat> but then on one of the days that I had off, um, I had a couple other friends that were in like another um, hotel, but still mm. in the same like tiny city. And I went down into the town. The town is super small. It's like one little road and that's it. And uh, there was this guy that was sitting outside of his restaurant and he had um, a sign and it basically said, you know, if you're a tourist, if you need any help, like, we're here to help you. You know that we, um, you know, that uh, all the restaurants are closed. Like if you need food or a combination or whatever, just like call this number. Right. Mm. So I took down the information and ended up calling this guy and he, um, his name is dash. Mm. Um, that's actually like short for like Dashna. And he, um, he started his restaurant called the chill cafe in Ella but it, where it was just like a couple seats and it was like a little coffee shop and mm. he ended up building it up within like, like five or six years. And it was like the number one rated restaurant in all of Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. But I had never, I didn't, I didn't know this at the time. It was just a mm. guy just being like, Hey, you know, you're a tourist. Mm. We run our business with tourism and I know you guys are stuck here. So we want to help you out. So this guy took it upon, upon himself to, um, to find all of the tourists that were stuck in this little town. And there was around 40 of us and he arranged free meals. So two free meals delivered to our um, accommodation. Yeah. And he organized to where uh, we can go and get free accommodation with some of his friends, the kindness of strangers, man. And then, um, so we, we ended up getting like a pretty special relationship. This guy and I like, yeah, I would uh, help with some of his, um, some of his videos, we had like mm. random little competitions. I hosted an event for him for all the, <laughs> we're all, with all the yeah. tourists. Where we had like a little luncheon, you know, or he yeah. brought everybody together. We had like this little video competition and stuff. Mm. And um, I ended up doing like a thank you video for him, like with all the tourists and stuff. And that that video is on 
on YouTube now on my channel. Oh yeah, check it but out. It also, yeah, the video also got picked up by this guy called Nas Daily, and he does a bunch of daily videos about the world and travel and all this stuff. And he picked it up and found out what this guy was doing, what this local guy was doing yeah. for the tourists. And that ended up going like viral. And I think there was like 3 million people ended up watching the video that I made, like portions of the video that I made, thanking this guy for doing all this stuff. Yeah, so it was just really cool. I mean, the, the community, um, when, you, when you go into a third world country, the community members are more willing to help you out just because they realize that tourism is their number one source of income. And if they lose tourism, then they don't have, you know, their, their, yeah. their quality life goes down you know so they use this as this opportunity to like give back i mean like these are these are people that are don't have a lot of income whatsoever mm. you know that are still like saying hi to you yeah or that are that are still like wanting to support you saying like hey come over for lunch like i'll make you lunch for free like we don't yeah. want to charge anything you know and us as westerners and tourists like we have the money to be able to do all this stuff otherwise we wouldn't be there yeah but being caught in a lockdown where if you didn't have a kitchen, like you had no way of eating, you know, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. And, and this, this guy, dude, he just like ended up finding all these people giving, giving us all kinds of meals. Sometimes you deliver some wine and some beer and some pizza. And, uh, he was, he was actually also giving money to, um, all like the local, like tuk tuk drivers yeah. and anybody who lost their work. He was just giving money to people because, um, you know, he had it, but it was, it was his, his, um, opportunity to kind of give back to not only the community but to the uh the tourists as well so it was a very interesting and very good experience being down there definitely yeah no it was it was it was insane man like it honestly was just a super eye-opening like and we tried as tourists to do whatever we could for the community as well that's why i made that video yeah um just thanking everybody to try to because there's nothing that we can do specifically mm -hmm. You know, as an individual, but yeah. if we can put that positive energy out to the world, saying, "Hey, when all this stuff goes down or goes away, this is where you need to go because of this." Yeah, you know, totally. So that's that's where it was. It was like the level of hospitality that was there was insane. Yeah, totally. Yeah, very interesting. Like I, I knew you were going away, but and I, I didn't know you were. I I knew you were in lockdown, but I didn't know like where you were or what your situation was. I'm glad you informed me there, and and it just showed me a different perspective or a different world. Because here has been lockdown. We, we I have a kitchen downstairs, and I have a shop that's around the corner. And the shops, the retail yeah. staff, as much as the frontline workers, have been very doing very well because they're they're out there every day doing their thing and. and me i'm still in the tourism industry i can't work until this passes you yeah. know so it's just the way it is yeah. it's the people who can they they're doing their best they can you know now i as i i, I sent you on a couple of uh quick fire questions i'm gonna ask you quick fire questions get to know a bit more about alex okay since you travel the world okay so what's your favorite place in the world where's your favorite place in the world Okay, I remember you sending me this. Now, I don't have a specific favorite place. Mm -hmm. I have favorite experiences that happened in these places. Is that okay? Go for it, yeah. So, some of them, um, like, <laughs> I, got, I got chased by a pack of wild monkeys um, and got clotheslined by a clothesline running away from them in the island of Koh Phi Phi, Thailand, which is where the beach with Leonardo DiCaprio was filmed. Um, I climbed a mountain in Peru, um, called Mount Pisco in the Andes. That was, mm -hmm. 
around 19,000 feet high um, during avalanche season. Wow. It was the, the worst possible time to go. The worst, the worst decision I've ever made in my life that ended up being still spectacular, but the scariest thing that I've ever done because there's avalanches like all around us the whole time storms coming in. Yeah, we, we, um, we didn't, we ended up not making it all the way up to the top of like mm. right of it, but because mm. the our guide was like, no, nah, it's not going like, to, we, we're going to die if we go up there. So we're like, okay. <laughs> and then, um, I played banjo for an all Japanese Irish Celtic band called Texas underground. That's a nice, that's a nice. You can play the banjo or can you play the banjo? Yeah. No, I can't play the banjo. I, <laughs> no, I just, it was, the story was like, I was, I was, uh, I was going to climb, um, Mount Fuji, which is like a huge, which is, you know, obviously the, the tallest mountain in, um, in Japan. Mm -hmm. And I was just went out, I stayed in this little town, uh, called Fujisan for, mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of days and just yeah. like, well, checked into a hostel and then they, the hostel gave me like this little map of like places that I could go and restaurants. Yeah. Um, I was like, what would you do? You know, it's my first time here. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to do something really crazy. She's like, all right, well, have you ever tried raw horse? Like, I was like, what do you mean raw horse? Like, yeah, yeah, like sashimi raw horse. And um, I was like, nope, but I'm in. So she sent me to this restaurant that served raw, raw horse meat, right? Um, and so I go walking in, it's just this tiny little, like tiny little local like restaurant there. I walk in, there's like four, there's like six people in there, mm -hmm. uh, like three couples and they're all Japanese. And um, they see me walking in and I mean, I stick out like a sore thumb. So I go straight to the bar, you know, and I'm sitting there and I like go to order what I'm going to order, like with this, this specific name for this raw horse. And then this couple next to me starts talking to me. And then we end up just like ordering a bunch of sake and we're drinking, <laughs> buying all kinds of food. And so I go walk in there. I'll, I go walking out of there all drunk. And then I go into this next, I'm going into the alley and I'm trying to find like my next location. And there's a guy smoking a cigarette. And I was like, Hey bro. I was like, um, can you tell me where this bar is? You know, he's like, no, 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 you don't want to go with them. You don't, you don't want to go there. Come with me. And I'm like, okay, why not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I go following him into this, this, um, like abandoned freaking store. Like it's, there's no one in there. It's a closed mm -hmm. down like bar or whatever. But we go down into the basement and there's this band It's all Japanese bands and yeah. they're playing Irish Celtic music. Swear to God, Irish Celtic music. They see me, they give me a banjo. I don't know. I do not know how to play banjo. Yeah. Uh, I play, I play guitar. So I was just playing straight, like, like normal chord. Straight, and yeah. so they, we ended up playing a couple songs with them and stuff. And then myself, we went to this other bar and we're drinking whiskey and ah. really, really fun times. But I like Japan. Um, Japan is probably my favorite place in the world as far as the experiences that I had there. Um, just all kinds of just random things happened to me that were just so much fun, so interesting and so cultural. Japan is like the most mm. cultural place that I've been, the cleanest place, most hospitable, like the people there want you to be there. They're excited you're there yeah. and you can do everything from a tech giant Tokyo where it's just like crazy stuff that you futuristic stuff. Yeah. And then 30 minutes train right away. You're just in like the most gorgeous forest that you've ever yeah. seen, you know, Japan is up there with my number one. Number two would probably be New Zealand's because it's mm -hmm. the adventure capital. Like they just, uh, you can jump off of anything, bungee jumping, um, skydiving, uh, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, great food, great, you know, I mean, that's where Lord of the Rings was mm -hmm. filmed. Great, great stuff to see. Mm -hmm. Canada is actually up there on my list. 
because I did, um, I lived in a van for a while and did my van journey up in Canada. How long did you so, live in a van for? Uh, four months. That's, all, that's, four. that's still a long time to figure it like to live in a van. You know, it's quite a small yeah, space. Yeah. I started in California and then went up to, um, we even went to like uh, Vancouver Island, mm. uh, then went through all the, um, Canadian Rockies and stuff and climbed a bunch of mountains and just the, the, the Rockies are insanely gorgeous oh, like, you over there and just everything is just so cool so canada's amazing did you get um, to alaska i have not been i've not been to alaska which is very interesting and very ironic but I've been, it is definitely on the list for sure yeah it's nice yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, i know you're gonna hate me for this but scotland <laughs> <laughs> S- scotland i Love lived scotland. in edinburgh for th- nearly three years i lived in edinburgh city yeah Ed- edinburgh is probably it is without a doubt the the most gorgeous city that I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, it's very gorgeous. A castle at the top of the the Royal Mile and the the palace, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's very yeah. old, very old kind of uh, yeah. old uh, and the, new, you know. So it's got the new oh, city in an old town. Yeah, it's got the mix. Oh, it's beautiful, man. Like I took a train in, and when we took the train in, it was like snowing at the time mm-hmm. as well. So you got like the snow coming down. You see the castle, like yeah. literally took my breath away. It was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I used, to um, live, I used to live beside the castle in those little kind of uh, apartment, apartments beside the castle. So right beside the castle I used to live, yeah. Oh, that's amazing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and the, um, the Philippines. The Philippines. Philippines, yes. amazing islands. Interesting great place. There. Met uh, an amazing um, group of friends that mm. uh, still talk to for this day. We had just a great time in this little, little surf town called Chargao. And Philippines was just, again, amazing people. Okay. so much stuff to do very inexpensive and yeah 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 those are my those are my those are my top five now yeah. one, okay one more uh, favorite food favorite food hit me favorite food will be um ramen noodles ah noodles classic yeah. but but like japanese ramen noodles i love ramen ah, noodles yes and um peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> don't mix them <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, oh, and, and Mexican food, Mexican food. Yeah, of course, burritos and tacos yeah. and all that. Those, yep. those are the things that I miss while traveling. All right, next one. Okay. This is supposed to be rapid fire. I'm a cruise director, so nothing's rapid. <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, hogging the mic here now. Uh, favorite TV show or movie? Ooh, favorite TV show, Breaking Bad. Course, um, favorite, yes, favorite movie, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't know why they ever made the sequel. It wasn't very good. No, no, no. Nothing, nothing after that or before, yeah. you know. Dumb. It was definitely just dumb and dumb. I, know, I, felt, I felt I was super creative. Now, I've got one, more, one more question, and I've got one final one to bring, bring us home. Uh, inspirational person to you. So who would you say, like, like uh, inspirational person in the world that you kind of look up to? That's cool, man. That's, good. That's a good one. Um, I have this, uh, this little thing that I like to call um, dinner table. So what three mm-hmm. famous people would you, whether, you know, living or dead, whatever mm-hmm. it is, what three people would you want at a dinner table with you? Like yeah. what would be like the coolest thing? So, mm-hmm. um, for me, um, I'm, I'm going with current stuff just because I can see, um, this is what I'm living in the present. I'm living in the now. So, yeah. uh, I would go, I'm obviously wearing a Bel Air t-shirt. So Will Smith. Will okay. Smith yeah. One. Um, also Dwayne, the rock Johnson and, uh, Kevin Hart. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a nice yeah. mix there. You've got comedy, you've got like strong <laughs> and yeah. Will Smith. he's multi-talented. Yeah. He's got music. He's got everything really. He's got the full package really, isn't he? 
Exactly. No, the reason for reason for those three guys is because um, they've built their brands from nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so they didn't come from anything. They built their brands from nothing. They're all com- all three of them are completely different, completely different upbringings. Yeah. But also are very inspirational and motivational as well. So they're not only famous, uh, but they're using their fame for good. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I think they're, I think all of them have a lot to say. And plus it'd be a, a really funny dinner table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. might, you might not get a word in there or like, see, like, Hey, Hey, Kevin, so. Kevin, 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 stop. Will you? Not, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now one final question. What are your plans now? You're home. Are you going to, uh, well, I, I dare say you'll go back on the cruise ship or are you going to maybe, are you going to get like a video in for a TV show? Maybe host a TV show. I've seen, I've seen some yeah. TV opportunities there on Netflix, uh, like maybe host like a, I don't know, a, a, a silly zany quiz show or even about like getting a video into discovery channel. You seem to know a lot about traveling. Uh-huh. I would love to be a host of something, man, whether it yeah. be a TV show host, whether it be a travel show host, whether it be any of that stuff, it would be, that would be the ultimate, the ultimate goal. You mm. know what I mean? Um, I'm not in a place where I can pursue that right now just mm-hmm. because of the whole situation with where the world's at. Yeah, for sure. So that's yeah, the best I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm also, um, I'm also home right now, um, taking care of my mom. So, yeah. yeah so, um, so that's my number one priority right now, mm-hmm. but then eventually, you know, get back into it. Cruise ships are always a, always an option. Yeah. Uh, but if I were to do it again, I would choose the, uh, the smaller companies that went to more places. So not necessarily mm-hmm. like the Caribbean and Mexico and stuff. Like I really yeah. want to do a world-based cruise where I can, um, you know, be a little bit of a jack of all trades where I would do the cruise director stuff, where I would do yeah. the shore excursion stuff, hotel management, that kind of a thing where it's like one person kind of does most of the, most of the stuff. Smaller ships, but more responsibility because it's, you know, you get everything is kind of all in, all in. So you're hosting everything to shows and the kind yeah. of, the guests as well. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So the small, the smaller ships, they, they, they wouldn't have an entertainment director. They would just have mm. the, the director. So you're, I'm talking more like, you know, anywhere for 300 to a thousand guests. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our smallest, our smallest ship was like 2,500, you know, so I'm talking even smaller than that, that can really go and, uh, and explore different, different locations. And stuff, yeah. So. There is some ships out there. I do like world cruises and all sorts. You know, my first contract, I went to Australia, New Zealand. I, and I repositioned from Australia, Sydney to Seattle, Washington, 24 days uh, at sea. Uh, uh-huh. But that was, that, was my, that was just luck that I got that contract because to get those con- contracts, it's, it's difficult to get down to, you know, Australia. Everyone wants to go there, you know? Everyone wants those ones. Those are the ones that I was <laughs> trying to get to as well. You know, yeah, there's exactly. only one, one or two ships and there's, there's not that many, not yeah. as, that many people that, that are able to do it. And stuff, yeah, you know, definitely. So. Yeah. But yeah. So what, what's your next step? What's, what do you get into next after this, uh, after, you know, say the world goes back to normal tomorrow, what are you pursuing? Well, I, I want to start this podcast, uh, as a kind of, kind of a memory lane sort of thing. And I want to get some more guests on from, from my time doing comedy from ships. I've already spoken to a couple of shit. I spoke to a, a DJ on ships. I spoke to and a friend who got me on ships. I've no real plans as yet. I work in the tourist industry, so I'm a tour guide essentially. So I get to, I get to perform a lot more because it's my show. I basically, I basically do like uh, give tours to, to people. So 
have a captive audience per se so i get to do little jokes and have fun with that but uh i haven't really thought about it i i guess um uh, i do like to talk and i do like to entertain but um i got I'm t- baby steps the world's gonna it's gonna be a changed place once we can get actually physically get out there you know get it into the marketplace you know but um i don't think ships i'm gonna go back on ships anytime soon if i did it would be very short contracts you know like Good yeah. to my car- carnival, they give opportunities for hosts to to do short contracts, you know, flexible four yeah. weeks here. But I think those days are past for me. I think, uh, as you said, the energy's not there. The body's not there, but the mind is there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Like, now. They, they definitely have to be in sync, I, I feel you. Yeah, when you're in your 20s, you have the energy just to, you'll travel. 20s to 30s, you'll just go all day. You'll just go all day. You'll go, yes, sir. No, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll do whatever you have to do. Yeah. But now I'm like, at the moment, I'm happy with my tour guide gig. But uh, I don't know. Never say never. Who knows? I might, I might write a funny comedy show. Who knows? You know, never. You know, just persevere. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep my finger on the pulse. So you're at home for the time being. You're just gonna take it easy and, and look after the family, yeah. Yep, yep. Just taking it easy, look after the family, and um, I'm still, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of quarantining again because yeah. I, I just, I just got home like a week ago. Yeah. So. Um, I'm re-quarantining like to, you know, cause I just, I did like a 48 hour travel. Yeah. So, um, you know, with all the planes and stuff. So mm. quarantining myself for a little bit, even though yeah. nobody said that I had to, I feel like it's just the right thing to do. So totally, I'm yeah, going yeah. to go, I'll go get tested. I'm going to go get tested tomorrow. Yeah. And then once I test negative, then I'll just, you know, yeah. do what everybody else is yeah. doing. So yeah. once that happens, then I'll be able to, you know, get, get it back there. into Get your surfboard. Yeah. Are you far from? Are you far from the coast? Uh, I don't know, Chico. Is that near the coast or no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I'm really far from any of the. Beaches. <laughs> okay. like an hour and a half, two hours. But then, if you want to surf, that's like ten hours away. Uh, okay. Are you yeah. closer to that's Nevada? Like seven, Nevada? Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm like north northeast of the Bay Area. Okay. So if you think San Francisco, if you know where that is, it's northeast. Mm. So come up right in the middle, up on top. Yeah, I was. So I'm mostly in the forest. Nice. Okay. <laughs> good, stuff. <laughs> good stuff. In the sticks. Yeah. yeah. I know, Alex. It's it's been great talking to you. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, it's just it's just like the whole idea of this is to catch up with people and you know, just to see a face because it's very hard to like keep a connection when you're on Facebook and Instagram, but uh, to actually mm-hmm. see you in the flesh. No, man. This is this and, is this uh, is a good idea. I I yeah. strongly support it, man. I like yeah. I think this is great. You did some really good questions. You you have really good engagement. Mm. Uh, you keep the keep the flow going. So mm-hmm. I I like it, man. Keep it up. Thanks, man. So you so you can see, you'll send my report card later on, will you, please? <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. Just make sure you leave those doors open. All right. I will indeed. All right, Alex. I'm going to let you go and uh, um, take it easy. And um, hopefully, maybe if you're if you're ever in Ireland, uh, look me up. Of course, man. You know I will. You'll be the first person I call. All right. Take it easy, man. Yeah. So yes, that was Alex or Alex the cruise director, and we had a nice informative chat. I hope you learned something from that. He's he's a well-traveled man. He was a former cruise director. He's also worked in Vegas and he's traveled the world and I hope you found him interesting as much as I did. If you like what you hear, you can follow me, you can subscribe or you can hit that like button or leave a little comment and say uh, what you liked about this episode. So once again, guys, you're very welcome along to Heartlines. Remember, you're always welcome here in Heartlines and take it easy. Thank you. Bye-bye.